Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Memor by Abraham Golda, and today we're going to Daf Chaf, the end of the first parak, Sukkah Shigavoa, and the beginning of the second parak, Ayashen Tachos Amita. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the Gemara brings a Mishnah in the Adios that taught. Rabbi says that all chatzolos are makabal tumas meis, and the chamim say they're makabal tumas midras. Rush explains that the chamim hold that the chatzolos are used for reclining and are therefore makabal tumas midras, whereas Rabbi Dosa holds they are not made for reclining and therefore are not makabal tumas midras. When the Gemara questions this, since it implies that the chamim hold that they are not makabal tumas meis, and it was learned in the Mishnah, kol metame midras metame tumas meis, anything that is subject to tumas midras is necessarily subject to tumas meis as well. The Gemara says the Chachamim are actually saying that Chatzolos are also subject to Tumas Midras. Rav Avdimi Bar Hamduri said that Chatzolos are Merzovle, which Rabbi Abba defines as Mezavle, leather bags. Rashi explains that shepherds use them for pillows when they lay down to rest. Rabbi Dosa holds that since they're not their primary use and shepherds are not encouraged to lie down on the job, they're not Makabal Tumas Midras. Rish Lakish says that Chatzolos are Machatzolos Mamish, real mats. Pointing to the Gemara notes that Rish Lankish's interpretation of, of Chatzolos as real mats is consistent with this reasoning somewhere else, for he said, Harani Kaparis Rabbi Chia Ubanov, may I be an atonement for Rabbi Chia and his sons? Rashi explains that Rish Lakish was saying that any affliction he suffers should be a kapara for Rabbi Chia and his sons, as this was a proper method of honoring one's recently departed father or Rabbi. Rish Lakish continues, for initially when Torah was forgotten from Israel, Allah Ezra Mababa Yista, Ezra came from Babel and reestablished it. When it was forgotten again, referring to Baishani during the leadership of the Ben Becerra family, Hillel Babli ascended to Eretz Yisrael and reestablished it. When it was forgotten again, Rabbi Chia and his sons ascended and reestablished it. The Ritva explains that even though Torah was not forgotten then, which was during the days of Rabbi Yudah Nasi, we learn that even one who assures the survival of even one halacha is regarded as having established the entire Torah. And Rabbi Chia and his sons said that Rabbi Dosa and the Chachamim are arguing over mats that most people do not designate for sitting on. Rabbi Dosa holds that they're not Makabotumas Midras, and the Chachamim hold that since some people occasionally sit on them, they are Makabotumas Midras. And point number three, the opening mission of the second parak states, One who sleeps under the bed in a sukkah has not fulfilled his chiyav to dwell in a sukkah. Rashi explains that the bed serves as an independent oil and is a barrier between him and the sukkah, and the ikr dwelling in the sukkah is eating, drinking, and sleeping there. Rav Yudah said it was our practice that we would sleep under the bed in the sukkah in the presence of the zikanim, and they didn't say a word in protest. The Gemara will explain that according to Rabbi Yehuda, the bed is considered an ol rai, a temporary dwelling. A temporary shelter doesn't supersede the permanent shelter of the sukkah. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara brings a mission in the idiots that taught, Rebidosi says that all chutzalos are makabal tumas meis, and the chamim say they are makabal tumas midras. Rashi explains that the chamim hold that chutzalos are used for reclining and are therefore makabal tumas midras, whereas Rebidosi holds that they are not made for reclining and therefore are not makabal tumas midras. When the Gemara questions this, since it implies that the chamim hold that they are not makabal tumas meis, and it was learned in the Mishnah called metami midras, metami meis, anything that is subject to tumas midras is necessarily subject to tumas meis as well. The Gemara says the Chachamim are actually saying that Chotzolos are also subject to Tumas Midras. Rabbi Avdimi Barhamduri said that Chotzolos are Mazovli, which Rabbi Abba defines as Mazovli, leather bags. Rashi explains that shepherds use them for pillows when they lay down to rest. Rabbi Dosol is that since this is not their primary use and shepherds are not encouraged to lie down on the job, they're not Makabotumas Midras. Rabbi Shlakish says they're Machazolos Mamish, real mats. 
Point number two, the Gorn notes that Rish Lankish's interpretation of chatzolos as machatzolos, as real mats, is consistent with his reasoning somewhere else. For he said, Hareni kapar is ubana. May I be an atonement for Rebichia and his sons? Rashi explains that Rish Lankish was saying that any affliction he suffers should be a kapara for Rebichia and his sons, as this was a proper method of honoring one's recently departed father or Rebbe. Rish Lankish continues, For initially when Torah was forgotten from Yisrael, Allah Ezra from Babel Yisra, Ezra came up from Babel and reestablished it. When it was forgotten again, referring to Baishani during the leadership of the Ben Becerra family, Hillel Babel ascended to Eretz Yisrael and reestablished it. When it was forgotten again, Rebbe and his sons ascended and reestablished it. The Ritva explains that even though Torah was not forgotten then, which is during the days of Rebbe Yudah Nasi, we learn that even one who assures the survival of even one halacha is regarded as having established the entire Torah. And Rabbi Chia and his son said that Rabbi Dosa and the Chamim are arguing over Machasawa's mats that most people do not designate for sitting on. Rabbi Dosa holds that they are not Makabal Tumas Midras, and the Chamim hold that since some people occasionally sit on them, they are Makabal Tumas Midras. And point number three, the opening mission of the second parak states, Hayashin one who sleeps under the bed in a sukkah has not fulfilled his chiyuv to dwell in a sukkah. Rashi explains that the bed serves as an independent oil and is a barrier between him and the sukkah, and the ikr dwelling in the sukkah is eating, drinking, and sleeping there. Rabbi Yehuda said, it was our practice that we would sleep under the bed in the sukkah in the presence of the zakanim, and they didn't say a word in protest. The Gemara will explain that according to Rabbi Yehuda, the bed is considered an ohel rai, a temporary dwelling, a temporary shelter doesn't supersede the permanent shelter of the sukkah. All right, so now we go to our Simber Daf and our standard simon is a cafe. A cafe. So here goes. The Leather Bag Cafe, where guests occasionally sat on mats to regal and forgotten Torah from the newly arrived sages from Bavel, organized beds in their sukkah restaurant sukkahs for really tired guests to sleep under. Once again, in slow motion. The Leather Bag Cafe Cafe. That must be more in Daf. Chaf. The leather bag cafe, which reminds us, the Gemara brings a mission in the 80s that taught, Koa Chotzolos Metamin Tumay Meis Divi Rabbi Dosa. Rabbi Dosa says that all Chotzolos are Makabal Tumas Meis, and the Chamim are understood to say they are also Makabal Tumas Midras. Chotzolos are defined as leather bags. Rashi explains that shepherds use them for pillows when they lie down to rest. Rabbi Dosa holds that since this is not their primary use, and shepherds are not encouraged to lie down on the job, they are not Makabal Tumas Midras. Rashi says they are Machotzolos Mamish, real math. So, the Leather Bag Cafe, where guests occasionally sat on mats to regal and forgotten Torah from the newly arrived sages from Bavel, which reminds us of how Reish Lakish recalled Rebichia and his son's pshat in the machos between Ridosa and the Chami by first mentioning three times the Torah was forgotten and was retaught by those that came from Bavel. The first one by Ezra Sofer, then Hillel Azakain, and then Rebichia and his sons. And Rebichia and his sons said that Ridosa and the Chami are arguing over mats that most people do not designate for sitting on. Rebidosa holds that they are not Makamu Tumas Midras, and the Chamim hold that since some people occasionally sit on them, they are Makabal Tumas Midras. So, the Leatherback Cafe, where guests occasionally sit on mats to relearn forgotten Torah from the newly arrived sages from Bavel, organized beds in their sukkah restaurant on sukkos for really tired guests to sleep under, which reminds us. The opening mission of the second barrack states, Hayashin Chovaso, one who sleeps under the bed in a sukkah has not fulfilled his chiyuv to dwell in a sukkah. Rashi explains that the bed serves as an independent oil and is a barrier between him and the sukkah. Rabbi Yudah said, it was our practice that we would sleep under the bed in the sukkah in the presence of the zakanim, and they didn't say a word in protest. The Gemara will explain that according to Rabbi Yehuda, the bed is considered an ohel rai, a temporary dwelling. Vulasi ohel rai umavato ohel keva. A temporary shelter doesn't supersede the permanent shelter of the sukkah. So once again, the leather bag cafe where guests occasionally sat on 
on mats to rewind forgotten Torah from the newly arrived stages from Bavel, organized beds in the sukkah restaurant on Sukkos for really tired guests to sleep under. All right, now it's time for a four-blah-bah chazorah. So the simmer daft hazain is toes. So here goes. The acrobat who did continuous backflips using his toes, toes, that must be one daft tazayin. The acrobat who did continuous backflips using his toes to hollow out a haystack that had a cavity, one tefachad, which reminds us that in the case of a chotep gadish, one hollowed out a haystack, and there was a cavity one tefachai for a length of seven tefachim, then it is a kosher sukkah. Rush explains that for the straw to meet the definition of schach, it would have to cover an empty space of at least one tefachai, for that's the minimum height of an oath. Therefore, if it also has the length of seven tefachim, it would meet the requirement of kosher schach, and there would not be an issue of tasvalominasui. Although the cavity needs to be hollowed, out further to a height of 10 fachim, that's necessary only in order to make the walls kosher, and the requirement of Tazvalaminasui does not apply to sukkah walls. So, the acrobat who did continuous backflips using his toes to hollow out a haystack that had a cavity, one tefachai, landed with one foot under a mechitza tluya, which reminds us, in the next mission, Rabbi Yossi holds that if one constructs sukkah walls from the top down, then even if a wall is three tefachim above the ground or higher, it's kosher, for he maintains that a mechitza tluya is materis, a suspended partition is a kosher mechitza. A similar case from Ervin is brought, where Rabbi Yudu rules that in the case of a cistern between two chetzeros, the wall running over the cistern should act as mechitza to legally divide the water, even if it doesn't enter the cistern's cavity and suggests the Rebuda's ruling is in accordance with the opinion of Yossi who holds Mechitza Tui Materis in the case of the Sukkah. And so to hear the wall going over the cistern, which is a Mechitza Tui, is considered a full wall. The Gemara rejects the suggestion, pointing out that perhaps Rebuda would only apply the principle to a Durabanan, such as Ervin, but not to a Duraisa, such as Sukkah, and perhaps Rebuda would only apply to a Sukkah, which is an Isra Ase, but not to a matter of Shabbos, which is an Isra Skila. So the acrobat who did continuous backflips using his toes to hollow out a haystack that had a cavity, one tefa high, landed with one foot under a mechitza tluya, and the other under a suspended mat that was four tfachim and a bit in size. Which reminds us, machetzelos arbo mashu materis pasuk mishum dovan, a mat whose width is four tfachim and a bit, and is suspended midway between the schach and the ground, with a gap of less than three tfachim below it, and a gap of less than three tfachim above it, is a kosher wall, because any gap less than three tfachim wide is treated as though it were closed, Based on Lavud, the Gemara explains that one might have thought Chad Lavud Amrin Trei Lavud Lomrin that we apply the law of Lavud to extend the Mechitza once, but not to apply Lavud to extend it twice. Rav Chissa therefore teaches that we apply Lavud twice to the same Mechitza. Daf Yudzayin. So the Simur Daf Yudzayin is a used car salesman. So here goes. The used car salesman, used car salesman. That must be run Daf Yudzayin. The used car salesman who sold used sukkahs on the side with airspace and puzzle schach, which reminds us, which reminds us that the Talmudim of Rav said in the name of Rav, Avir postable shlosha schach puzzle postable arba. A strip of open airspace is postal sukkah when it's three tfakim wide, and a strip of invalid schach postals a sukkah when it's four tfakim wide. When Rabba challenged them based on the mission that teaches that if the roof of a house is breached in the center and one places schach on top of it, if there's a distance of four amas between the wall and the house and the schach, the sukkah's puzzle, which implies that a gap narrower than four amas does not disqualify, the Talmudim answered him that that halach is based on dovan akuma, in which less than four amas invalid schach can be viewed as part of a bent wall. Their ruling of four tfakim concerns puzzle schach in the middle of the sukkah. So the used car salesman who sold used sukkahs on the side with airspace and puzzle schach tried to convince the shopper not to take the one with airspace next to less than four tfachim of fabric, which reminds the rubber posed another challenge that when there's a case of a strip of puzzle schach less than four tfachim wide in the middle of the sukkah, and next to it there's a strip of open space less than three tfachim wide, the sukkah's kosher because there's not enough puzzle schach to invalidate. Yet, if one filled the open space with spits or other puzzle schach, the sukkah's puzzle because the width of the invalid material is now at least 
four tfachim, but should not the open space which disqualifies a sukkah when there's just three tfachim wide be as potent as pasal's chak, which disqualifies a sukkah when four tfachim wide? The Talmud responded that if the question is valid, then Rabbah would have the same challenge in the case of a strip of invalid schach less than four amos wide in the middle of a sukkah next to an open space of less than three amos wide. So the used car salesman who sold used sukkahs on the side with airspace and pasal schach tried to convince the shopper not to take the one with airspace next to less than four tefachim of fabric, but to buy the luxury halachal emotion Sinai one with almost four amos of fabric instead, since it doesn't combine. Which reminds us, the rubber responded to the challenge by saying that there's no comparison according to him. The mission's rule that Dalad Amos Apostles Chach invalidates the sukkah is not based on Dauphin Akuma, but it is a halachal Moshe Misinai shear that disqualifies the sukkah, whether the material is at the side of the sukkah or in the middle. And this strip of invalid material, which measures four Amos, only when it combines with open space, doesn't have the shear to disqualify sukkah. For since the shiurim for the invalid schach and open space are not equal, along with starfei, they don't combine to make up the requisite minimum. But according to the Talmud, who stated shear of Dalad Fakim, based on original reasoning that the measurement is only significantly shumhafaga because of a gap, it's the minimum that constitutes the separation, they must therefore explain what difference it makes whether the separation is made through pasal schach alone or through a combination of pasal schach and open space. Dafyud Ches, so the similar Dafyud Ches is a chuppah. So here goes. When the chassan who proudly designed his chuppah chuppah, that must be more on Daf Yud Ches. When the chassan who proudly designed his chuppah as a large sukkah, with three tefachim of open space, closed in a bit with spits, which reminds us that Abai said that an open space of three tefachim in the schach of a large sukkah can be reduced with sticks, which are valid schach, or with spits, which are puzzle, since the gap now lacks the width through three tefachim necessary to puzzle the sukkah. However, in a small sukkah, which is only seven by seven tefachim, if you reduced it with spits, it is not effective since the open space and spits together form a gap in the schach of three tefachim. Therefore, they're significant enough to be regarded as separate from the schach, and the valid schach lacks the requisite dimensions of seven by seven tefachim. So when the chassan who proudly designed his chuppah as a large sukkah, with three tefachim of open space closed in a bit with spits, was challenged by his father on whether lavud applies in the middle, which reminds us, which reminds us, there's a malchuk, is whether yesh lavud be'emsa. The one who says yesh lavud be'emsa brings a riot from two protruding koras, two beams in the mabwi that don't meet in the middle, but there's less than three tefachim between them, and that works. The one who says ain lavud be'emsa brings a riot from tuma, opposite a small ruba, a skylight, where the bias is deemed tahor. So, when the chassan who proudly designed his chuppah as a large sukkah, with three tefachim of open space, closed in a bit with spits, was challenged by his father-in-law whether Lovett applies in the middle, the call ran out embarrassed and hid on the porch covered in schach that had no columns. Which reminds us of one place schach on a porch, she'engel pitzimin, that does not have columns that are placed at intervals less than three tefachim wide. Abai says the sukkah is kosher amrinim pitikri yord v'sosim, because we say that the edge of the roof extends downwards and seals, meaning the edge of each porch, is viewed as extending downward to form the sukkah's requisite partitions. Rava says the sukkah is possible because he holds lo amrinim pitikri yord v'sosim. Daf Yutes, so the similar Daf Yutes, is a yacht. So here goes. The adults on the homo yacht trip, yacht trip, that must be more Daf Yutes. The adults on the Chomod Yatrip enjoyed sitting on deck in the shade under the psal that protruded outside the sukkahs, which reminds us a ton of top psal yotzmina sukkah, nidun kasukkah psal, referring to schach that sticks out of the sukkah, is treated like a sukkah. Ula said this refers to sticks of schach that extend behind the sukkah, and one might have thought that since its walls were initially for the interior of the main sukkah, and were not made for the extension, which is outside, one could argue the extension does not have valid walls. The Bryce is coming to teach that it is valid. And Rabbi Rav Yosef said they were dealing with sticks of schach that protrude in front of the sukkah. And one wall extends along with it. You might have said that it doesn't have the requirements of a valid sukkah. The Bryce is teaching us that it's valid since protruding section is not regarded as separate from the sukkah. Two more interpretations are given.
So the adults on the Choa Moed yacht trip enjoyed sitting on deck in the shade under the psal, the Petruda outside the sukkahs, while the kids playing hide-and-go-seek hid in the sukkah that leaned against the wall. Which reminds us, the next mission states how Osa Sukkosov can mean three if one makes it look like a conical hut, or Shesmachla Kosa, or he leaned it against a wall, Rabbi Eliezer rules in either case that it's possible because it has no roof. The Chami rule that it's kosher because they hold Shepua Olim Ko'olim Damu. Sloping roofs are considered roofs. It was on a brace of Rebbe Yezer agrees that if he raised the sukkah that leaned against the wall, a tefach off the ground, or distanced it a tefach from the wall and supported with pegs, then it is kosher. So the adults on the Cholomoed yacht trip enjoyed sitting on deck in the shade under the psal, the betruda outside the sukkahs, while the kids playing hide-and-go-seek hid in the sukkah that leaned against the wall, and in another one that had small reed mats that were typically for reclining. Which reminds the next mission introduced to Malchus being the Chami and Rebbe Yezer regarding when large and small mats, machasalas, can be used as chach. All right, that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zikru. Wishing you a great day and great learning.